Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. I feel like you just got down with the hot beat of our I did. Equipment. It's because it was at like max volume. <laughs> I was feeling it. It's a hot beat. Speaking of hot. Hot. It's been hot for the past five days and I am not to be messed with. You are wearing... I'm tense. You're wearing a romper you hate. I'm wearing a romper I hate. It was the only thing cool enough. I haven't been able to, like, cook in my kitchen. No, you were just complaining about it. Um, I've been having a time. Yeah, it's not been great here in the City of Angels. Uh, really anywhere <laughs> in the country, I believe. It's been pretty <laughs> warm in America. Um, but it was, like, 109 here on Friday, and I had multiple people who are angelinos like born and raised here that were like it's never i heard it was like one of the hottest days on record yeah it was awful yeah i went out i went to a midnight rocky horror picture show movie on friday and i left around 10 30 and it was still a hundred over 85 degrees yeah no when i went to bed at like 9 30 it was 101 gross my house was struggling to cool (sighs) down thank god it's not that miserable though it's, it's like it's like eighty nine today. No, it's fine. But still, it's getting not better. having it. Um, other than the heat, what are you fangirling over? I'm not fangirling over the heat. I know. Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> but your skin looks so, good. Thank you. The heat's always wow. helpful with that. Um, so I watched the finale of The Handmaid's Tale last night. Are you torn? I torn. Up. I was so angry oh. at the end i took an angry shower afterwards <laughs> during the show my chest hurt and i checked my pulse oh it was so intense so i guess i'm fangirling over just how in television how television can be so like effective oh my god in- insane Impactful. it got me so good but i'm still working through my feelings okay i have a question about handmaid's tale okay. so as you know i've not watched it because i'm not emotionally ready do i need to like watch season one take a minute and then watch season two, or should I just go for it? I would just go for it. It really depends uh, on how you feel. Okay. Because, I mean, we, people who are watching in real time, wait a, a full year, basically, to that's get another true. season, and that's too long. That's true. Okay, okay. Should, should I also pad it with, like, something fun? Like, watch a handmade It depends style, on the episode. Cleanse my palate. Yes. Okay. Like, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was watching, and I watched some YouTube videos afterwards, because I was like, I need to clear my head. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also fangirling. I saw Incredibles 2 yesterday. Yes. I am not an Incredibles fan. So oh, like period? I'm just like, I'm take or leave it. Okay. You some don't hate people, it. But you're some like... people, though, it's their favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. They love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, power I like to, it. more power to you. Yeah. Love it. Um, but not for me. Incredibles 2, I think I liked it more than the first one. <gasps> really? It's very fun. Okay. I still don't think it was like... Up or Wally. Uh huh. Um, but also the short before it. Go for just that because at the end of it, I had tears streaming down both eyes. Really? Yeah. At the short? Yeah. Um, the shorts always get me. Remember the one with the clouds? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but just even the original short with that little lamp. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> um, speaking of The Incredibles, so one of our coworkers. I was wearing my Troop Beverly Hills t-shirt. This was maybe last week. You had actually, like, forwarded it to me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I clearly bought it immediately. I love it. As you know, Troop Beverly Hills is one of my favorite movies. So I'm wearing it, and one of our coworkers is like, oh, you know, makes a comment about it. And I said, it's one of my favorite movies, to which he was, like, sort of dismayed by, which I understand. <laughs> it's, like, super uh. campy and just like, what? It's one of your favorite movies? Cut to that night. 
his daughters are having a sleepover, and he, like, suggests that they watch True Beverly Hills. Meanwhile, he's watching The Incredibles mm-hmm. with, like, his three-year-old, and he has, like, a moment of, like, too much Craig T. Nelson because Craig oh, T. Nelson yeah, is the voice. Yeah, he's Freddie Neffler, and then he's the voice of Mr. Incredible and was just, like, mind blown. And, like, his little three-year-old, like, closed her eyes and was like, oh! <gasps> What? Like, it was just, like, so amazed by the fact that Craig T. Nelson was in a movie and voicing another one, like, simultaneously. At the same time. At the same time. Um, Is that what you're fangirling over? No, I'm not fangirling over that. I'm fangirling over Brockmire Season 2. Now, you may remember that I fangirled about Brockmire Season 1. I do remember Last that. year. And you were confused by Brockmire's blazer, which is still confusing. And font choice, yeah. Font choice, all of the things. So the one thing I like about it is that they have a podcast, and it's like the number three podcast in America, and they keep making digs at Mark Marin, which is like really <laughs> funny to me the whole time. But it is, you know, and obviously Eric is a comedy writer, and so he is watching it just imagining what their room is like, like the mm-hmm. Brockmire room, and it's like, say the craziest fucking thing you can think of, it's in the show. Like every single- A dream job. It literally is. Every single line is insane. Everything that happens is insane insane the amount of like cocaine and alcohol that he consumes very casually is insane and it's just one of those shows that i'm kind of now wishing that i had saved it to cleanse my palate for hands my handmaid's uh-huh. tale because it's such a palate cleanser but if you just are in the mood for like four hours because it's only eight episodes i think of ridiculous body raunchy hank Azaria, like, great. Yeah. Perfect. It's real easy to watch. It's on IFC, but it's on demand, which love on demand. And I'm into it. I just think it's ridiculous and funny, and it, like, brings me a little bit of joy, even though it's super inappropriate. What is your palate cleanser? Do you have, like, a go-to, like, a show that you, like, a Friends or something? Mm. Yeah, it's probably a Friends. Honestly, it's probably, like, HGTV. Mm. Like, just give me something, like, love it or leave it. Love it or leave it. Love it or Or list list it. it. Or, like... Yeah, or just some fixer-upper, your favorite people. Yeah. But what is yours? Um, It depends on, like, when I'm watching it. Because if I'm watching it late, like, right before bed, yeah, I'll just go to YouTube and watch, like, Conan doing something. Uh-huh. Like, I, like Clueless Gamer <laughs> or something. Please tell me that that's your search. Conan doing something. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Conan is so much funnier when he's doing something and Absolutely. not behind the desk. Same with Jimmy Fallon. Love. I agree. Well, Conan's my favorite. Well, yeah. I mean, Conan's been at the game a lot longer. He set the, he set the the tone for Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Or in my maybe opinion. just look up puppies or something. Oh. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. You're much more of a YouTuber than I am. It's because it's on the TV oh. and it's just mm-hmm. easy to easy. go to. I don't like open up the laptop post TV. It's just already there. Yeah, I've been learning a lot, and this is maybe a good segue about YouTube Kids lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it sounds terrifying. Isn't it like, isn't it like an app and you can set the time? Unclear. So the kids know when it's about to turn off, so you can't watch any more YouTube videos. So it's kind of genius. Maybe. That sounds genius. It What sounds crazy to me is that there's no search. It just, like, plays stuff. And it all of the things are, like, super creepy. And then there's, um, like, baby YouTube influencers. Like, not babies, but, like, six-year-old little girls with their, like, glitter lip gloss. And I'm yeah, like, oh, me. no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, adults playing with toys. It's very weird. And then one of my 
girlfriends was telling me that her daughter now just like wants to watch her do stuff. That's she'll be weird. Like, yeah, she'll be like, "Mom, let's color." And then she'll give her daughter stuff to color, and she's like, no, I just want to watch you do it. And she's like, oh, no, YouTube Kids is ruining her. And I'm like, whoa, this is messed up. Yeah, why would you just want to watch? Because I think you just watch other people do stuff on YouTube Kids all the time, and then that's what you think is cool. We're all dying. We're all 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 dying and melting. (laughs) The world is ending. On that note, let's talk about some awful movies we made you watch this week. Yay! So today, this week's theme was teens with babies. Um, and I was, like, super pumped about this. Me too. And I'm, I've got to say, so we watched Unwed Father with Brian Austin Green and Nicole Tum. And then we also watched 15 and Pregnant with Golden Globe nominated multiple times Kirsten Dunst. So I thought 15 and Pregnant was going to be a top-notch TV totally. movie. Because if you look up, like... The best, or you look for a list of made-for-TV movies, this one is always, like, close to the top. Right. So I thought we were getting quality content. I was wrong. One of our uh, Instagram followers, I'm Tickled Pink XO, um, said that her mom made her watch this movie. And I just was like, did you learn anything? I kind of want to follow up and be like, do you now have a baby? Because that's kind of what I learned from this movie is that maybe if you have a baby, your family will get back together. Yeah. I don't know. So should we start with that one because it ruined our lives? Oh, yeah. Let's start with that. 15 and Pregnant came out in 1998. This was one year before. One year. One year before. Virgin Suicides, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and Dick, which means she was probably filming these that year. Yeah. Like all of it. If everything was released in 99. I, I, I don't. And this is after Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. So it's like. And Small Soldiers. Yeah, so it's like she's done these things. And Jumanji. And Jumanji. She had accolades for all of those things. Then and makes, Little Women. So many things. Then makes this Lifetime movie. What? All right. While filming to be Lux. So based on a true story. What? What What, what was so compelling about this story that Nothing. it needed a movie? 15-year-old Tina Spangler discovers she is pregnant. Her choices are abortion, adoption, or a lonely, exhausting life as a single parent. Abandoned by her boyfriend, she turns to her mother. Tina discovers, although it has torn her world apart, her pregnancy could reunite her shattered family and help her find true purpose in life. So that description makes this sound really dramatic. Makes it sound like a real Christian movie, too. And it was not. I mean, it was... It definitely had some religion undertones, though. Right, which very much like Death of a Cheerleader. It's like, let's kind of throw religion in this mix. This movie was a hot mess. Hot mess. So she gets pregnant when she's 14, technically. right before her 15th birthday. Yes. And then she's just mad and wearing, like... Her mom's baggy jeans to hide her pregnancy? No. Also, here's the thing, especially probably when you're 15, you're not going to get, like, pregnant, pregnant right away. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it'll take you a little while. First of all, I mean, the first not always the case, moment of this movie is them having sex. Here's the- oh, yeah. Which was weird because I watched at work. Um, <laughs> but... What drove me nuts, and this plays right off the bat and throughout, it's the theme of the movie. It is a, like, generic version of, um, uh, what's that song called? Love Me by The Cardigans. Oh, yes. Uh It's like a generic version of that that was like, love me, need me, I'm your forever girl. 
And I can't find it online anywhere. I'm going to have to like strip the audio for it. <laughs> but they played it like four times in the movie. I don't know. And it was just like we knew nothing. TV movies, what I've learned, they just get right into it. There's oh, yeah. no character There's development. No time. There's, I mean, it's true. And I was thinking it's like you've got those commercials in there. you got to hook people right away. You can't be like going away for too long to like develop a character. you got to like – have these 14-year-olds have sex immediately <laughs> in, like, on a couch? Give them what the people want. In the living room during the day? I didn't I know they were. Happening. I thought they pulled, like, a teen witch and they were at, like, an abandoned barn. Oh. You know what I mean? Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because when they witch. hang out with the friends, they're in, like, a weird shed. Yeah. Smoking. hmm So that's, I thought they were just, I just assumed, I don't know. So Tina, 14, you know, she's in, like, eighth grade, basically. Yeah, because she they say she's going to enter high school as a parent. Yes. And you just get zero understanding of who she is. Like, is she a bad girl? Is she a dumb girl? Is she, like, a she's, jock? She is a dumb girl. But she then is, like, wanting – she's devastated that this baby might ruin her soccer career. Like, that she's all over the map. And then her – It's basically like she learns about pregnancy as it goes along. Like, she knows Nothing. nothing. About Nothing. having a baby. Which, fine. Which, I, fine, but you know something. Yeah, but I feel like I just had a baby and I knew nothing about having a baby. And then, but I feel like I had a little bit more preparation and support. But I feel like support. she didn't know what a baby was. Oh, you yeah, You know what no. I mean? Mm-hmm. Just totally clueless. And But, of course, she has another friend who has a baby. Who has, like, a three-year-old. Yeah, and that girl's, uh, like, 19, 18 or 19. Yeah. So, right there, what what is she doing hanging out with someone much older? Well, I got the impression that their mothers were friends and that they were, like, childhood friends. Can we talk about the trashy mom real quick? It's park overall. Yeah, see, I— Did you watch Empty Nest? Here's— Let me talk, Marin. (laughs) I was like, it's park! I I did not watch Empty Nest. That does not sound like a show I would watch. It was a spinoff of Golden Girls. Here we go. (laughs) Let me finish what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So, but I was like, I know her voice, not her face. Yes. And it was driving me insane. And she is the voice of Alice Tompkins on The Critic, which is like who Jay Sherman falls in love with. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me finish. Mm-hmm. Park overall, she like disappeared. And that's really what she's known for is her voice entirely. But Emptiness was on for 170 episodes. I looked it up and I was like, what? Why? This is crazy. It was actually a pretty good show. But she does trash really well. Yeah. But I didn't understand her being trashy in this movie because the fam I don't know the character and the family weren't trashy. Mm-hmm. So why was she like playing it this way? And it wasn't just her southern voice. No. It was just her overall character. Yes. She's a little crazed but you yeah, you get the sense is. at the beginning that she's like kind of a boss at work the mom because all those people are like asking her opinion and like and needing she's so her stressed out yeah like needing her she's also off. weirdly protective there is a quote like on her 15th birthday she gets her like a jacket and she says gray is as close as i'll go to black for a 15 year old what does that mean I, she can't wear black I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be like a jacket, like a leather jacket, because you couldn't really see what she gave mm-hmm. her. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Maybe like a black it was leather just like jacket. like a fleece jacket, right? It was like a 
shirt from the limited. Like, I was like, you can only wear Heather Gray. It was very strange. So, you know, it's a pretty, like, standard plot for a movie like this. Like, Tina gets pregnant. Initially, the boyfriend is, like, kind of on board. Then later, he's he's, like, he slut shames her and is like, how is it mine? I have a new girlfriend already. Who's gross. Who he brings to the hospital. Yeah, like a freaking idiot. And so then, you know, Tina needs to, like, lean on her parents, and her parents are separated, but they're sort of rallying together through this birth of their, you know, first grandchild. And really nothing happens, and I don't understand what we're meant to take away from this. So this movie, like, the parents are separated. Her parents are separated. Yes. And it the movie kind of reunites the entire family. Does but it? But to me, I was like, the message I get from this movie is your kid's baby can ruin everyone's life. <laughs> because the sister, like, breaks her ankle and moves to grandma's. The brother is just being a bad boy. Forgotten. Um, the mom is really just trying to make the whole movie about her. Yeah. And then the dad's just being a nice guy in the corner. Yeah. My thing about both of these movies, and we'll talk about it, is that... They make being a parent, not just of an infant, but a parent in general, seem like the worst thing in the world. Like every parent in both of these movies, both of the baby or of the kids having the baby, is having the worst life. Like, and I get it. That's supposed to be the message of like, don't have sex, kids. Like, don't, you know, ruin your lives. But the number of times they say ruin your life is as someone who was a one-year-old, I was like, owie, this hurts. <laughs> like, I was like, I like my baby. And it was just totally crazy. Yeah. And Kirsten Dunst, like, she she's so dumb. That's, like, all I can think of. Mm-hmm. At one point, which I was like, yeah, this is what I care about, too. She was like, let's look, try to look up the baby's sign. <laughs> like, that was the most important thing she needed to know about her baby. Uh-huh. And then she named him Caleb, and I was mad about it. Yeah. I I just wanted to smack her all nine months of all her pregnancy. Months. And then she she has to go to high school with other pregnant moms in, like, a trailer behind their yeah. high school, which is kind of great. It's like, we can't great. have you... There were so many pregnant students at the school. We can't have you in the classroom. We have to put you in a trailer. In a trailer. In the back of the school. Did you did you know anyone that got pregnant, like, in high school? We had, like, two. Mm-hmm. And it was – and they both, like, did, left. They, like, they dropped left. out. Yeah, we – I don't remember anybody, but I, I don't think you could be pregnant at my high school. I think they would, like, oh. send you away somewhere, whether it was, like, a – pregnant mom program or you'd have to like come back or something like that but this to me this movie again 1998 felt like it was 1978 yeah i thought the mom was an alcoholic too like i thought it was an entirely different time (laughs) yeah i had no idea what was happening i couldn't believe this movie was only 20 years ago it did not feel in any way current at all and the one thing that got me the most was that there was so much fat shaming total in this movie like yeah like Kirsten Dunst keeps saying how fat she is like she's obviously not fat also she's pregnant she keeps calling her sister fat her sister's calling her fat like every single person in this movie is like talking about how everyone else is so fat and no one was fat and then there's that whole gym scene and then at the end she had just given birth and the sister was like you look thinner (laughs) wow (laughs) and of course she didn't like she just had a baby just had a baby what? 
I was not a fan of this movie. No. At all. I definitely hadn't seen it before, and I definitely would never watch it again. <laughs> I It was the longest. I texted you 10 minutes in, and I said, is this going to be the longest hour and a half of my life? And it was. Yeah. It was. I did never in my life would I think a Brian Austin Green made for TV movie would be better than a Kirsten Dunst one, but it's, it's true. It was. You know what? I kind of like this movie. I don't know why. Unread Father? Yeah. I would watch it. Also, I kind of, let's, okay, let's go back into Unread Father. I sort of remembered why I thought Brian Austin Green was like kind of a babe watching this movie. Really? Yeah. There was like something about the time. Like, okay, so this is. 1997. So 902 and I was 1990 to 2000. So this is like yeah. middle of the road 902 and L. So it's not like he's like struggling for work it's and just doing off TV season, movies. season 902 and season. Easy work. Got to get that money. So an irresponsible college student, Brian Austin Green, faces sudden fatherhood after a one-time lover, Nicole Tom, leaves their infant son at his door. Right there, I'm already kind of in. Yeah. What I loved about this movie right off the bat, I mean, like like they do, they go right into it. Immediately. And it's a the most 90s introduction to a movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It's like a grungy band. The Sanctum. <laughs> no. That's where I they never play. caught that. That's where they play. The venue is called The Sanctum. Okay, Gross. The Sanctum. And they're like, Brian Austin Green is the front man. They're like jamming. The font is super 90s. It looks like. I don't know, like a soda ad, a, a yeah, surge, a surge ad. ad. Um, and the, what's her name from The Nanny? Nicole Tom. Yeah, just enters the show and she's just like, wow, we're having a night out with my friends and there's a cute band. And she sketches him during the show, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Where did she get that paper? But most importantly, Brian Austin Green sings on 90210 as David Silver, mm-hmm. which we have definitely talked about yep. and it sounds crazy his voice is not great you're so precious to me i would give the world to you you're so precious to me hold it hold it you're so precious to me nailed it it sounds just like that Mm -hmm. and in this movie he has like a deep voice why did they make this choice knowing that he is already an established singer on 90210 (laughs) Do you think this is during the time when Brian Austin Green was, like, still trying to make his music career happen? Yeah, But w- wasn't he a rapper? Why wouldn't you have him, like, rap? That's just not mainstream enough? It was, I don't know, it was 1997. <sighs> I mean, this deep voice is clearly not his voice. Many times I could have thrown it all away Thrown into the bird Right? Like, no, it's not. Absolutely a studio singer. He's lip syncing. It's not great. Like, all of that stuff is pretty rough. Yeah. But also, I loved it. I texted you immediately and I was like, oh my God, he's lip syncing. There's a lot of singing of Brian Austin Green in this movie. Yeah. Too much? Too much? Maybe. So essentially, Jason, Brian Austin Green, meets Melanie, Nicole Tom. And you remember Nicole Tom? She's the oldest daughter on The Nanny. Yes. And. They hook up almost immediately. and they On have, a boat. And they have sex on a boat. Not like on a bed on a boat, on the boat. On like the deck. The deck. I thought it was going to be like a, 
I think it's like Friday the 13th, like part eight. I don't know. The one where Jason goes to New York. Okay. It's a bad one. Hilarious. But it starts on a boat. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to get murdered or almost killed for drama's sake? For drama's sake. It would be a really short made-for-TV movie. My thing about them having sex on the boat was that anyone could see them. Like, yeah. they weren't trying to hide in any way. And maybe it was so supposed to be, like, so late that no one was out or whatever. I also felt like they were going to have more of a relationship. They, this was a one-night stand. Mm. Oh, my God. During the show, before they hook up, Brian Austin Green and the guitar player have, a, have like, a chat on yeah. stage. He's like, oh, check out that girl in the red. That's not a thing you can do on stage. No. Speaking as someone who's in a band, you know, you can't just casually have a convo about yeah. people in the crowd. No. 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 They're watching you. <laughs> I love that that's your point of contention. So, no. Nicole Tom, Melanie, gets pregnant after this. It's her f- seemingly her first time. Both of these girls in both of these movies were virgins, Innocent. seemingly, and then got pregnant their first time. But there's I'm a like 15 right and pregnant. Melanie's not having it. She doesn't want this baby from the get-go. No. She almost gets an abortion. Yep. But, of course, the protesters change her mind. Mm-hmm. Of course. She can't do it. She's really rocking that short 90s, like, bob, too, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Oh, one detail about Melanie is that her mother had her when she was 15. And it was the only thing her mother wanted her to avoid. The one thing. Was getting pregnant Was getting young. pregnant. And so seemingly Melanie is about 17, and if her mother had her when she was 15, that would make her mother 32. Her mother, though, looks to be about 50. I was like, the casting in this, not great. No. I was like, what's happening? Um, So she has the baby. It's a nightmare. Of course she has a colicky baby, and the mom is like, you've ruined both of our lives. The first shot of the child, I don't even think it's until she goes to Brian Austin Green's house, but I audibly said, ew. (laughs) It was a hideous baby. Looked like a troll. Well, and they were, like, making it cry so much. Like, I was just like, is this even a real baby? Is this an animatronic baby? Honestly, it should have been a dummy baby because the situations it was in, they wanted it to die. Wanted it to die. So, Nicole, (laughs) I keep calling her Nicole, Melanie, uh... Gets so frazzled, so worked up. She feels like she's ruined her life. Her mom says that she's ruined both of their lives. She essentially takes the baby to Jason's house with all of his stuff in the pouring rain and just drops him off and is like, here's your baby. Good luck. But she waited a while because he is a college student. He was home for the summer. Yeah. And she was just like, this is my opportunity. The baby's probably like two or three months old. Yeah. And then she leaves. She literally drops off the baby leaves, drives to Los Angeles from Seattle yeah, in her shitty car. So now Jason, who's from a wealthy family, is got has to figure out what he's going to do, but he's kind of screwed because he's not listed as – well, he's screwed and not screwed. He's not listed as the father on the birth certificate, and he doesn't even know if this baby is his because, like – because he's course. dumb. Well, that's also what boys say. Like, oh, yeah. how am I supposed to know? Like, okay, you dick. Um, and, you know, the his father pays for, like, a day nurse. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, all day nurses are like this. That woman was amazing. And I was like, <laughs> yes, this is, like, what day nurses are like. Um, and he's just trying to, like, avoid responsibility but figure it out. And then he has to leave the band real quick. Real quick. One practice, the baby makes one noise, the band is out. But also, like, who nah. thinks that a baby's going to sleep through 
Who doesn't bring the baby ear protection? A rock m- band practice. Like, there's just so much dumb stuff Honestly, going on. we were all blessed that the band had to end. Oh, yeah. That was We didn't band. need it. No. And then the dad cuts him off from a job, from the house. Yeah. And this, I thought the stepmom was, like, going to be, like, a savior at some point. She no. did nothing because there's a moment where he drops out of school. He makes a call. It's like, I need to take a semester off mm-hmm. and figure out my life. And the stepmom's, like, watching him, like, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. I'm going to do something about this. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do a damn thing. No, what she does is she encourages his father to kick him out of the house with the <laughs> baby and, like, fire him. And I was like, what? This is a weird turn. So he moves into some, like, abandoned houseboat, decrepit houseboat on a dock. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, leaking and dripping. The baby is lives in a car seat that's no- never removed from a car seat. No. The number of times this baby is in highly dangerous situations, like, just sitting in the car seat on the counter, not buckled in. I'm on like, the dock. baby's just going to eat shit. Like, it's just going to fall <laughs> off the dock. And when Melanie drops him off, the baby's in the front seat. The, when was that? The baby's in the front seat the whole time. No, not the whole time. No, in Brian Austin Green's car, too. He's in the front seat. But when did that law happen unclear and it's like half the time he's not even facing backwards i think oh, it's yeah. too because like you didn't have airbags i mean they low-key wanted to kill their child the whole time constantly in highly highly dangerous situations but that baby's resilient and you know what so is jason he starts to figure it out and he's like you know, he has to have some tough moments. He actually, like, reconnects with Melanie's mom in some, like, strange way. Because he needs a babysitter. He needs a babysitter. He's also, like, kind of low-key, like, macking on Melanie's best friend who's, meanwhile, like, into him. Meanwhile, Melanie moved to, in with her other friend somewhere. In Venice. In Venice. And then she's like, I'm going to draw. And... She drew the most disturbing image of what I think was supposed to be her child. I will post it, but it haunts me. So she goes with her friend who's modeling for like a like figure class, and she's supposed to be drawing her friend, and then out of like her friend's foot is like her baby head, and it's <laughs> the creepiest thing I have ever she seen. She is not a good artist. No. And I don't know why they made this, like, such a big part of the movie. Like, right. she could have done anything else. Anything else. Because she was also working as a waitress. Yeah. They could have just made her do that. So while Jason is sort of figuring it out and, like, really sort of, you know, becoming a dad and, like, loving Sean, all this stuff, Melanie is riddled with guilt that she has abandoned her child. And she decides she needs to leave Venice and come back to Seattle for Sean. That's not how parenting works. You can't nope. just choose. Nope. You don't get also, to do it that way. Also, during this time, the baby gets sick and goes to the hospital, mm-hmm. and the nurse says to um, the dad, Jason, Jason, thank mm-hmm. you, at some point, like, his fever's broken, and Jason says, what's that mean? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Jason's like, like 21 at this and point. And you've had a fever. You know what it means when your fever breaks. Yeah. And then that baby was, like, the cutest damn baby. Like The just... baby was literally five different babies. Yeah. Never looked the same. No, never. So Jason's now like fully dad and out. He like has to get a construction job. He's trying to make it work. It's not always working, but he's he's doing a good job. Like he's getting food. He's paying rent. He's doing all those things. Re-enter Melanie. She now has a job as like 
a waitress somewhere in Seattle. She's found a place to live. She wants that baby back. No. No? No. You, you don't get it back. Everyone in Melanie's life, not on Melanie's side. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> on Jason's side. Yeah. And you know what? Because you left your baby on the doorstep of essentially a stranger's house, and you were like, I can't handle this. Bye. Yeah. As you just said, that's not how parenting works. Like, I need to leave my baby here so I can go draw. You can have a baby and draw. I'm pretty sure. While they're napping, you can sketch that hideous portrait. You can. I can speak. I don't draw, but I could find, I could carve out some time to draw. Oh, also, I carved out time to watch 15 and Pregnant. I can carve also, out some time Jason to draw. Jason was wearing a blue cargo v-neck, mm-hmm. which was the most 1997. I had a blue camo like look like it was like a velvety shirt uh-huh. loved loved oh that uh, those wide collars on all of his shirts the open button short sleeve with the beater underneath yeah very um freddie prince jr yeah like i was like oh i i remember this look i remember this look so in the end guys they make it work they she gets a job. He's like, I need to go back to college if I'm really going to be a good dad to Sean. Like, I need to get my life together. And they come to an agreement. And they get the birth certificate amended, so his name is on it. And she has him two weekends. He comes down to visit. They figure it out. They figure it out. But do they figure it out? But do they figure out? Like, what's I want to check in, like, a year from then and, like, figure out how well this is going. Because it's like they're still... 18 and 22, like long term. I don't know how well this is going to do. My biggest criticism of this movie, and I kind of said it before, is that the parents of Jason and Melanie are the worst. Yeah. Like they're the whole time. I have a quote from Melanie's mom. Perfect. Who, by the way, also got pregnant at 15. Yes. Uh She said, move out on the streets, slit your wrists. I don't care. What? Just because she had a baby. Yeah. And, like, Jason's dad kicks them out. He's like, this has gone on too long. Like, I can't deal with you anymore. What? I don't know. I just thought, like, for someone who – I know you're mad because you didn't want your daughter to have a baby this young. Mm -hmm. But for someone who lived through the same situation – The same exact thing. Why? Why so harsh? So harsh. And you were doing nothing but working at a flower shop and a teal polo. (laughs) Like, that was your entire role in this movie. Nothing. It was so brutal. And then, like, that mom was trying to get some side hustle on with her boyfriend. She was all pissed at Jason when he was late to pick up the baby. I don't know. Like, I just couldn't get over how I felt like that was, like, super inaccurate portrayal. But maybe I just have parents that, like, love me a lot and, like, would have been a little bit more supportive and helpful but both sets of these parents whether they were like poor or super wealthy were like not I know I kind it. of wish we had watched the pregnancy pact that's based on <laughs> oh, a yeah. true story was, I remember that um because I think that one would be more interesting because they like act all wanted to be pregnant mm-hmm. and these were like clearly like get these babies away the one part of 15 and pregnant that was so sad though was then she was like oh I just wanted to know what love was and like how oh something God. loved me back and I was like oh she no She says that like right before delivering the baby. Oh no. She's like and then the mom's like oh no this was our fault. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing was your fault. And they know it. <laughs> She's like my son's going to love me so much. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Caleb he, could be a shit. Caleb could you don't be know. a shit. You never know. It's a roll of the dice every time. 
Okay. I mean, for two movies, we didn't have very much to say, I don't think. Disappointed. I was disappointed. Liked Unwed Father way better than I thought I was going to. Still don't really know what... I guess the underlying message of both of these movies is, like, don't have a baby. Don't have a baby. It ruins everyone's lives. Yeah. But with Unwed Father, you don't really get that because they figure it out. And it's like they're kind of making life work Mm -hmm. and with 15 and pregnant it was like oh but you reunited your family so there was some good that came out of that and so it was just like if you want to have a heavy-handed message of don't have a baby end it poorly yeah show it being like really depressing so then when you do show it to your 14 year old daughter she's like like, oh things work out yeah it's fine no don't give those kids those mixed messages (laughs) my god also kids like wear a condom both of these it was like what and in 15 and pregnant she was like well if you use a condom that's a sin because it means you're like intending to have sex and it's like wait so you just like accidentally it really was weird religious stuff because even the sister said something about like like there's a heaven and hell like where where are you gonna spend eternity and i was like where did that even come from you're 10 Like, if a child said that to me, I mean, I'm not very religious, but I feel like I'd be haunted. Yeah, haunted. For sure. You are a child. I don't know. You're a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was fun. Was it? I mean, I think next week's going to be much more fun. Yeah? Why? Because I think we've got better movies coming up. All right. I mean, I will say, I didn't hate Unwed Father. I didn't either. I was fine with it. I mean, I did... It did feel a little long. It's weird these movies feel long when they're 90 minutes yeah. tops. Next week we're going to have, uh, what, are, what do we have next week? A little teen violence? <laughs> a little <laughs> teen violence, maybe a little Candace Cameron. Ooh, I like that. We, I know which one we're going to watch, and I'm actually pretty excited about it because I've seen it, and I remember being like, this is crazy, and I'm pumped for some crazy. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Guys, if you want to get in on this craziness, did you watch these movies? We're so sorry about 15 and Pregnant. We didn't know. Yeah. But now we, we know. Also, if you paid for it, extra sorry. Yeah. But not I paid that for sorry it. because you know what we're talking about now. Yeah. It was $4. We learned together. We learned together. That's the whole point of Fangirl Fridays. So tell us your thoughts on social, Fangirl Fridays podcast, on Instagram, FGF podcast on Twitter, or find us on Facebook. Yeah. And we still have a merch store we do. on Threadless. Mm-hmm. Just look up Bangor Friday's podcast. So until next Friday, guys. Bye. Bye.